This week on Ultra 64, we played Mystical Ninja starring Goemon and Goemon's Great Adventure. But before we get to that, watch my sexy dance. Yeah! <laughs> That's the sexiest noise you can make. Nothing like sexy dances on a podcast to really draw in the audiences. <laughs> that's the that's the only You're thing. Gonna, you, like, I want to be the world's first podcast stripper. Like, I think that's well suited to my <laughs> my body type and my general level of confidence. Yeah, I think that's what we should go for. Welcome everybody. I'm taking off my. We are Ultra Sixty Four. We are the Internet's comprehensive male stripper podcast. Each and every. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, no, we're rebranding. We're rebranding. Each and every I was week, not informed of this. We are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 console, and we are having a damn blast playing it. And my name is Steve Guntling. Cue uh, awesome anime intro for giant robot Woody Siskowski. <laughs> and we are joined by a recurring guest. We have not seen you in a while. Please say hello, new guest. Hello, Plasma! 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 Yes, I love Plasma. It's Blair Gorman. Welcome back, Blair. Oh, I'm so happy to be back, especially with this game. Oh, man, I am excited. This has been uh, one of our most requested games. I'm very surprised by that. Like, uh, our, no way. Our audience people, is very into this People game. knows what up. We, we we have a tasteful audience. They they know where the quality where the quality lies. Oh yeah, yeah. I and, mean, I'm not surprised by that uh, at all. Yeah. So also, did you tell Blair that we switched to a male stripping format? Like, was she made aware of this before she agreed to sign it on? It was her idea. Oh, I just, okay. I was just kind of rolling with it. Hello. She's just like, hey, hey, brainstorm. And actually, you know what? This game actually has some elements that could fit well with our new theme. I think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a good time. Uh, so today we are talking about the Mystical Ninja games, um, and these are, I, I was vaguely aware of these games uh, kind of before I got to it, but this was my first time actually digging in and playing them. Uh, this has always been kind of a niche series over here in the U.S. It's very big over in Japan, or at least it used to be, but we never really got much of it here other than like I recognize Goemon as kind of like a low-level Konami mascot, and that's about it. And I think the prevailing attitude around the Goemon series has always been it is too Japanese to really play anywhere outside of Japan. Well, that's like, like the prevailing yeah. attitude from the suits. Yeah. You know, the the up the uh stuffy so and so's who don't want us to have any fun. The blue bloods. But those who who really know what's up and like the cool otakus. Yeah. Um like I'm sure that we all are. We're all walking around dyed our hair blue they were like and um, are walking no around with like pipes. in this fucking game there's no fucking blonde boys there's no <laughs> surfers like it just doesn't register how many guns are in that sword all right let's count them <laughs> let's figure it out yeah but i mean the closest they get to guns are like all of the weird creatures that shoot iron balls out of them oh mouth. yeah that's right i mean I wonder if you ever hear the inverse of something being too american to be shipped overseas i don't know like I guess I wonder what would be too American, really, but I don't know. You don't really hear that complaint as much uh, about other things is what I'm saying. And I feel like I feel like there's a lot of value in bringing something over here that maybe you don't have a lot of cultural reference for, you know? Like, I feel like I'm learning a lot. As wacky and goofy and uh, completely historically inaccurate as these games are, 
I'm still learning a lot about Japanese culture and humor and uh, and, and things like that. So, and a little bit about. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing that's a little silly is like this game is very Japanese, but it's not like it's rooted in any sort of real. I don't think it's rooted in like real Japanese history. Like, silly is silly. It's kind of like sending. It's translating the movie Airplane. Oh yeah, into yeah. Oh, Japanese. God, totally. Like the jokes are still going to translate, and it's this not like that is somehow. Airplane though, it basically is like the the way they they uh, perform their humor is very similar to that style of humor. Like I feel like that's very translatable. The mm-hmm. only thing that will like others view is that oh, it's a European taking over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like oh no. We don't want to feel bad about being European. <laughs> I did like <laughs> that. that. I mean, that it's fine. I, I love that. That's specifically an element of this game. Is it like uh, the enemy is European imperialism, and I love that. <laughs> like, oh, you're trying to turn our country into a fine arts museum. Like, oh, I don't want to feel bad about art. Yeah, and about being a blonde European. Like, this is this is sad for me because they constantly call you weird in all capitals with like bright glistening letter <laughs> yeah did either of you know that goemon is a real guy yeah yeah okay. ishikawa goemon is like a folklore uh is, is a guy well i mean his story changes a bit in folklore but he's like the robin hood of japan exactly yeah but wait yeah. was robin hood a real guy robin hood was not a real guy and i thought he was now. just a sexy fox oh no he's definitely a sexy fox but uh <laughs> no not real uh but but goemon uh we think was probably real um uh, the little bit i could find about him was that he he approximately lived from 1558 to 1594 they think that his father was a chinese merchant uh and he was a renowned thief and a ninja who was capable who like was known for stealing from the wealthy daimyo and then distributing the funds amongst the Poor village people, and uh, he he famously was uh, boiled to death in front when he he uh, he failed uh, an assassination attempt against a warlord, and then he and his son were put into a boiling pot of oil out in the public square, and according to legend, Goemon held up his young son up over his head while he was boiling alive, as kind of a last act of defiance. And uh, the warlord, respecting his courage, uh, let the sun go. Uh, and this is probably apocryphal. Most of the stories about Goemon are probably apocryphal at this point because he became like this big folk hero. And so his powers get more and more exaggerated over time. <laughs> you know, so now he's not just like a thief. He's also a master ninja who can walk through walls and can do all this crazy stuff. So, yeah, he's been portrayed in uh, artwork uh, uh, all over history. There was... Uh, there's movies. There was a series of World War II serials that he was in. Uh, he would headline several different Wait, franchises. Did he like fight the Americans? I haven't seen in those like... World War II serials, like the same way that like Captain America was like punching Hitler, like Goemon <laughs> was coming and like punching, pushing Roosevelt's wheelchair over. I hope so. I could not find these. I actually looked for some and I couldn't find any of the original serials. But uh, I hope that's the case. I don't know. It seems kind of. Also, funny. I I just just. That mon- I wonder if that manga exists, like not specifically of Goemon, but just like that same like super patriotic style of like these are our characters put into World War Two. If they like did that in Japan and they're like beating up on Roosevelt or something, <laughs> I don't know. That would just be a very interesting thing to see. I would like to see it for. I the, would love yeah. to find that. Please do. Please look for that and 
text me immediately if you find that because <laughs> I see a lot of manga from all eras, but I haven't seen a lot of like anti-American, especially in the World War II era. I think there's a lot of like sweep that under the rug kind of sitch going on. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. Uh, but you can find really depressing uh, if you want, just in general, like World War II era anime or manga there's a lot of really depressing good shit out there uh especially from osama tezuka um where it's it has a lot to do with like nuclear war and whatnot Uh, so i not like anti-american yeah so i take it from this conversation that you are kind of a manga fan blair is that fair quite so quite so yes okay i wish that my collection was bigger but yeah absolutely See, that's a real blind spot for myself and I'm assuming for you, Steve, yeah, right? Yeah, I only I... read books in one direction, thank you. <laughs> I cannot be asked to learn a new thing. But You know what? That doesn't fly anymore. It's 2020 now, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there, there were a couple of movies. There was a couple of anime series. And even as recently as 2009, there was a live-action, like, big, gritty, blockbuster summer movie Similar to the uh, Robin Hood movie that we got in 2010 with Russell Crowe, we they got a Goemon Ugh. movie, like a violent like summer tentpole movie. So I want to check that one out. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit. Can I illegally we, or legally watch this? You can illegally do anything. So you can you legally do whatever you want. <laughs> that's I'm not going to well, stop that's you. That's true, but like, how have I not found this? Like, I in my research, how did I not find a link to this? And I'm not sure Get this it. one got a release stateside at all. Um, so it might oh. be something you have to import in. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Got us. Steal the Goemon movie and distribute it to the poor. J- the- Japan keeps hiding Goemon from us uh, because they, they, they know how delightful he is. And uh, uh, now we need to track down all that we can. Let's talk a now, little is bit he about always, oh, yeah. Is he always this delightful? or like? No, I don't think so. Is this specific adaptation of him extra delightful? I think this is just yeah, an extra yeah, yeah. delightful. I think if this is like if they made a children's cartoon over in France of Joan of Arc and she was just like a happy uh, uh, okay. Hello Kitty type, like running around having adventures, I think that's kind of the equivalent that we're getting here. It's like taking yeah. a... Because his story is like real sad. It's real his sad. Like very sad. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he no. boiled to death in front of his son that's weird that's that's a bad way to die i didn't I get to that level in the game yet <laughs> it, i'm i wonder if they will have at least some sort of like nod to that at all because i've read i i used to study a little bit of like feudal japan era history in college and like i feel like they should at least make some sort of nod to it because there's a few different versions of his story and like the one that you said is like the heroic nice one but there's also ones where like he throws his son quicker into the oil to kill him quicker oh. so there's no suffering and then and then like he wins that way but i think as soon as it maybe that's what really happened maybe it's not but whoever was like retelling the story is probably like let's not let's maybe not talk about that yeah that's not <laughs> you don't want that to be your last act on this world you know it's like oh yeah let's rewrite that one yeah 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 let's just shove that one away it's like they don't really want to talk about like jesus doing all those bumps of coke like right during the last supper <laughs> like they they cut that part out because we have to preserve mm-hmm. the the legend you know yeah yeah all right let's talk a little bit about going on in video games so blair you wanted to be on this episode specifically what's your history with this game God, it's such a problematic history, probably more problematic than some of the characters that we (laughs) made in the game. Uh, I have loved this game since it came out. I think 
I want to say it came out here in, in Japan. It obviously came out earlier, but I want to say it came out here in 98 or 99. Yeah. yeah and right so I was like nine or 10. And I used to go rent and 64 games at my local Bradley video. If anyone's from Northern California, not blockbuster. They did not. Now, was have that it. a chain or was it just a dude named Bradley? And you would sort I of would... go to his house and you'd be like, Hey, uh, I got some VHS copies here of Top and also I have these N64 games. You want to rent them? My mom's coming home. You have to, like, sit on my couch you... and you have yeah. to watch this slideshow from my family vacation in uh, 1987, the last time I was happy. You pay him in, uh, you pay him in whippets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that guy. Oh, I wish. I wish I was old enough to have been doing whippets in 1998 or 99, but I was not. That was the heyday of whippets. There. That was the golden age of whippets, was not just the heyday of huffing like huffing <laughs> things you know and i'm glad that i was too young for huffing because i feel like snorting really came came into play <laughs> when i was a preteen and like oh boy that's so much classier than huffing paint in the closet like, <laughs> man i can't wait for 10 years when all 10 years from now every one of us is going to be snorking and it's going to be the best <laughs> we don't even know what oh, it no, is no, yet. we're going to be splorching boys oh okay that's too rich for my blood i gotta walk away yeah <laughs> anyway yeah, sorry you're gonna we all should walk away you won't be able to walk away if you're splorching <laughs> tell you that much Woo! But there's none of that in this. This is much more wholesome than that, even though it is very <laughs> strange. Um, so my history, yes, I would rent this from Bradley Video, which was a lo- I don't. It was a local chain, at least it was a NorCal chain, where you could uh, get popcorn right when you walk in, and also on Fridays, mini corn dogs, yes. which <laughs> I would go for thirds and fourths and fifths. They also had a porn section with like you know the black um, curtains, yeah, and it was right next to the video game, so you could accidentally slip mm. back there but i didn't care i didn't care because i went right for yoshi's story and i went right for mystical ninja and <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> not today I porn love- i've got yoshi <laughs> i can look at boobs later on boobs.com okay <laughs> figure this out later <laughs> but it was great i love this game that i don't even remember the first time renting it i think it was just like a i don't know i was like what is this i've never seen this and I fucking loved it. Like the graphics for the time, not now, obviously, the graphics <laughs> for the time were fucking awesome. The downside was you couldn't interact with like 99% of the stuff you're seeing. You couldn't even like stand on a shelf. This, oh, yeah. This game took me about, you sort of start in just a random room. And it took it me probably out, two minutes. Yeah, before I could figure out how to get out of this fucking room. Yeah. Like because all of the environments are just kind of wood or bamboo and brown and it's very hard to differentiate what the door is from what the wall is yes so this game did not start on a super positive note it like doesn't matter it doesn't matter like if you're familiar with japanese architecture in any way or interior design like i like i like a little bit it's like a little disclaimer on the box like some boxes like some video games say like this game requires basic reading level to enjoy. I like oh, to I imagine there's a little disclaimer on this that says, "Go Mystical Ninja requires basic knowledge of Japanese architecture to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck! God damn, or like everything and nothing looks like a door. Just keep trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah like exactly. a little, a little uplifting moment. What is it like, Ganbat or was it Ganbarete Goemon? Gan- Ganbarete like, Goemon was the name of the original Ganbare series. Ganbarete yeah, Goemon, yeah. like try your best, like do your always do your best. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah, what you're this, supposed to do. <laughs> well, this series goes way back. Like we 
if you started on the N64 one, like, and this started pre or sort of around NES days, did you do much? When did this series start? So this series, uh, this this version of Goemon uh, began in 19... Konami. Kona- the Konami version. Yeah, it, the, this, the blue-haired Goemon, which I'm sure he was not originally. I doubt he was, but he would be pretty rad if he was. Yeah, but this one's called Gambari Goemon, which stands, which roughly translates to "Go for it, Goemon." Uh, and this character first appeared in a 1986 arcade side-scroller called Mister Goemon, but he looked much more Mr. like the traditional Japanese, like you know the Ukyo uh, uh, yeah. drawings of with like the big, scary, oversized kind of oni head. That's what the sprite looks like. It's like a little squat body with this giant, like, oni head on it. And you just run side to side and you whack other ninjas. And uh, it, was, it was a fun little time. That one never came to the States. But uh, he wouldn't Aww. take on his friendlier blue-haired persona until Gambari Goemon Gaiden, which came out on the Famicom in 1990. And that introduced his new look, as well as most of the supporting characters that would be popular in the series later on. So Ebisumaru starts there, Sasuke starts there, all of them. Uh, so in this iteration... Yeah. Goemon is, uh, he's, he's a bit impulsive, he's a bit quick to anger, but he's also very, very positive, and he really loves his friends and just wants to fight for justice, and this version of feudal Japan is kind of just like this magical realm out of time, you know, where anything can happen, it's all kinds of anachronisms and all kinds of goofy shit going on, and uh, it's just kind of a little magical place. And he fights with a pipe. Like this yes. is is that is that in his original story? That seems to be another sort of go to fact about Goemon. I think that does hail from some of the legends about him. Uh, this this pipe it's called a kisiru, and uh, yeah, it's used for smoking tobacco. Uh, but yeah, he uses that instead of a katana or any other traditional ninja weapons, and it's kind of enough. Like, uh, but it mm-hmm. also is weird that it has a chain attachment. Like. That basically makes it useless as a pipe after that, I think, right? If you have a chain that, like, <laughs> you can't really... Well, you never see him, you never see him smoking it. That's true, yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah. ever actually smoke, but... Unfortunately not, oh. unfortunately not. Representation here. So, uh, overall, this game has 23 main series games and more than a dozen spin-offs. Uh, Konami probably... The, the yeah. series does, sorry. What's that? What Interrupting. The, the series. The series has 23 games Yeah. In it. You said the game has 23 games, oh, yes. which is Sorry. a very yeah, yeah. tentacle monster. Um, <laughs> the one I played that sort of introduced me to this, only about four or f- I think maybe five of these games have been released in the yep, U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Super Nintendo one, just called Legend of the Mystical Ninja, I believe actually the names are changed in that game. Oh, are they? Um, you play as Kid Ying or Mr. Yang um, instead of Goemon or Isamaru. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is is just a little oddity. And I remember playing that game. That game looks fantastic. And I think that's sort of a recurring theme in all these games is the design of all of these major characters is so good. Yeah. Like, they all look very distinct, and they have, like, clear facial animations, and they're just funny to look they're at. so expressive. I love how, like, Goemon yeah. kind of gets this, like, kind of dog face on sometimes when he's, like, getting frustrated, you know, and... uh Yes, yeah, super, super. Or he'll sort of grit his teeth when you hit with the pipe when you attack. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. The Super Nintendo one is cool. I, I, it's yeah. very interactive too. Even though you can't actually like do a lot of things, like it's fun. The way it's designed is just so fun to walk around and look at everything and like talking to the townspeople. Like just go in any door you fucking want yeah that's question. True. it's probably useless bullshit but like it's fun it's fun to see like the weird crap they have in their house 
And sometimes they say really off color things that that make you happy that you went all the way through all those. Dogs. It's kind of <laughs> worth it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's even if they're not giving you helpful hints, it's always kind of worth it to talk to people because you get ridiculous stuff every time. Uh, I mean, I well, think like a lady, that like an old lady that's like, do you want to order a pizza? And then you're like, sure. And she's like, well, we don't fucking do that. Here. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, I think that these games in the series all kind of are built from very similar components. Like, they differ in sort of a couple, you know, basic gameplay elements, but they're all like, you just kind of spend time going from town to town. So basically half of the game is just walking around town randomly talking to people, and then the other half is going and whacking dudes with your pipe and collecting money. Yeah. Um, exactly. It, yeah, and it's definitely like... They sort of feel like two halves. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a good segue. Let's jump into our first game here. Uh, so Mystical Ninja starring Goemon was released April 16th, 1998. It was developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Osaka and published by Konami. And this was a Nintendo 64 exclusive. But there is actually another game with this exact same title on the Game Boy Color. They're just not directly related. Um, so okay. during development, this was originally going to be called Gambare Goemon 5, but developers decided to break from the numerical tradition to kind of stress how different this is going to be. They also uh, were originally going to have a two-player mode in this one, and I think they dropped that one as well, probably wisely. Oof. I feel like that would have yeah, been a nightmare. Wise. Yeah, this one. Yeah, been that rough. wouldn't have made any sense because this is so adventure-based compared to the second one especially like it wouldn't oh totally and this game struggles to keep up in the one player mode in terms of like frame rate yeah a little bit there was there was a section where on an island in a boat and just walking across a bridge and i think it was going about 10 frames yeah Yeah. and there's some pretty bad like distance fog and stuff like that too so yeah i think adding another player would have made this significantly worse uh, so I copied the story uh, directly from the manual because uh, I'd like to do this when I can, and this one's brief. So uh, this one says, Yikes! I love anything that starts with yikes. <laughs> a giant oh, UFO boy. shaped like a peach has suddenly appeared in peaceful Edo Town. An evil musical corps, the Peach Mountain Shoguns, have come to steal the great stage plan, but they've made it as far as Edo Castle. But Goemon and his pals have been so busy eating dumplings that they haven't even noticed. Hurry up, Goemon. The future of Japan depends on you. So I love that. Very simple. Just like, uh, <laughs> aliens are invading. Relatable. You know, we're eating dumplings. Uh, yeah. So as you may have gleaned from that description, this is not meant to be a historically accurate representation of feudal Japan. I, I, just, had a, I just had a revelation, Steve. Okay. So Earthbound is basically a Japanese parody interpretation of america mystical ninja is a japanese parody interpretation of japan totally yeah yeah that's i think that's dead on. And i think like yeah I, I feel like this and earthbound are kind of spiritual sequels to each other or like sister games to each other you know well yeah and they're based on like seemingly like very obvious stereotypes like earthbound you fight with a baseball bat and you go eat hamburgers yeah. and it's like oh yeah. america and this it's like you know, you're a ninja and you go and eat dumplings. Yeah. But it's all like, it's all based in sort of a lot of poking fun and it, it never feels mean spirited or anything. No. It, yeah, I really liked it. It's very pleasant. Like, if you're, when I was a little kid and I knew a little bit about culture, but like, not really, it was just silly and goofy and like wacky. And then now I'm playing as an adult, like, right, they're clearly commenting on how many times Western culture has tried to westernize Japan yeah. over the course of history, but it's not, it's not like, 
breaking the fourth wall and saying, and this is your fault. Like, no. It's just, it's just a very light whisper in the background. Yeah, <laughs> I think they make the villains in this like over the top and garish enough that I don't think anyone's actually going to identify themselves as one of these oppressors, you know, but uh, that's definitely, it's like, a, it's kind of a cutting commentary that they put in there. It's like, yeah, you keep trying, but uh, you know, no, we're going to win. We're going to, we're going to keep. Yeah, the villains here are like replacing monuments around the around this game takes place on the whole island of Japan when you zoom out to the main map it's just like a picture of um well i guess japan is made up of multiple sure. islands so i don't know specifically which one this is but um it's like a picture of the whole island and basically your villains here are trying to replace like important landmarks with musical theater stages yeah. so you know i felt a little targeted <laughs> because... isn't that the weird part like usually you're trying to like fight industrialism or whatever but it's like oh we're trying to like fart fart oh my god well, okay. we're trying to we're fart trying the to arts fight liberal arts <laughs> fart the arts fart the we're trying arts. to fart the <laughs> we're trying to fight liberal arts and so it's like really weird to be on that and we're like okay well either side is supposedly the creative side but just one of them happens to be a creative oppressing a creative yeah <laughs> these guys are trying to bring the music man to our town <laughs> oh Harold hill is Don't not coming by well i'm i'm on watch <laughs> oh man but i've been in that musical so many times i hate that you just said that and now every song is stuck in my head right, right you've been in it multiple times uh, when i was in elementary school the high school local high school one of them needed uh, younger kids to play like mm. Amaryllis and oh. whatever the douchey kids other kids name is. Uh, uh, Winthrop. So I yeah. went and Ron, I got that part. Ron Howard. Winthrop. Kid. Yeah, Ron Howard kid. That one. And it, I just every single song is now playing in my head all at the same time. I, <laughs> I will refrain from singing any of them for your benefit. Yes, I will. Please you, thank you. You. Couldn't, you couldn't drag it out of me with seventy-six trombones. I just, I wouldn't do it. No. I wouldn't do it. No way. God no way. Damn it. No, but so yeah, like it, it's uh, kind of the game kind of has that undercurrent, you know. But it's never, like you said, it's never mean spirited. And this game is genuinely funny. We've actually talked about yeah. this a couple of times about how difficult it is to do comedy in video games because it's it's based on player input and like the timing is just kind of all over the place. But uh, Goemon was really funny. I, I love that the opening scene of this game is aliens are invading and you when you first meet Goemon and his friend Ibisimaru, they're running out of a dumpling shop and Ibisimaru is naked uh, except for his little loincloth. <laughs> And it turns out he was uh, trying to do a sexy dance to get a discount on their food. He just didn't think it wouldn't. He, it never occurred to him that that wouldn't work. And that was hilarious to me. I just love that, that that's how the game is opening. And that's our introduction to this character. Uh, Konami. And he's got a healthy I'm, ego. I'm happy. For I know. Him. And I don't think it's fair because Konami in the manual describes Ebisimaro as uh, Goemon's fat perverted friend. Which like I know, and they make him run like a little dork. Like, come on, yeah. This guy is it. I would be friends with he's him. He's so lovable, and it's so he's obsessed with James Dean because he believes James Dean was the greatest <laughs> ninja of all time. Well, he believes he's his ancestor, which makes no sense because it's like five hundred years before that, and I love it. I love yeah. it. They're like, fuck it. Yeah, I think, and just the, just the way he runs again to sort of emphasize here, like the way he runs, he'll like spin his arms around a little bit, and his mouth is open. It's so cute and funny looking. It's fantastic. I mean, he's yeah, he's like flailing. So, <laughs> and he gets tired when he swims. Did Did you guys get far enough in your playthrough to unlock the other two characters, uh, Yai and Suzuki? 
Yeah. Okay. See, barely. Though, I, barely I only though. just got Yai in this one, and uh, she's got her little badass sword, and I definitely wanted to play around with her more. Uh, and I played Suzuki a little bit in the other one, but uh, yeah, this this game takes a bit to get through. Well, let's talk about what kind of game this is. Yeah. So this is uh, it's a single player 3D action adventure game. I think think like Zelda's probably your closest comparison, but I think it's got its mm -hmm. own kind of flavor. Um, and your goal is to travel across different locations in Japan and try to stop the Peach Shoguns. So you start with Goemon and Ibisumaro as your two characters, and you can swap between them at any time. Uh, Goemon uses his Kisaru to attack. He's generally faster, and Ibisumaro has a mallet attack that's very strong but also slow, and he doesn't jump as far. He's, there's really not much of a good reason to play as Ibisumaro, honestly, but he's great. Um, I believe that characters, as you go on, it's kind of like a Donkey Kong 64 thing. Everyone gets kind of their own skills, oh, good. Okay. and then you need to switch to those characters at some point. Yeah, it makes sense later. It, it does make sense later because, like, Ibisumaru is the only one that uh, can shrink, which they call a dwarf. They keep t If you talk to the townspeople, they keep problematically calling um, these people dwarves oh. in this very strange way. Uh, and then... What's her name? Um, what's what's the girl's Yai. name? Yeah, she is the only one that can play the flute that can like transport you to different areas or whatever. Like, did yeah, you at, at a later point in this game, kind of similar to Secret of Mana, you defriend this dragon, yeah. um, and then you can play the flute, and he will take you to other areas you've been before. Okay, okay. Huh. Well, so yeah, so you get that you get uh, Yai eventually, and she is a female ninja or a kunoichi. I learned that word. I like that word. Kunoichi is a female ninja. Uh, and she has a samurai sword, and then later you also meet Sasuke, who is a robot ninja. He's very diminutive, and he's got uh, a kunai, which is a sharp little knife, and he cuts bad guys in half. It's a lot of fun to play as him. Yeah, um, he's also a lot faster. He's a lot quicker, especially in the second game. But in the first game, I noticed, like especially compared to Bisumaru. Like, he can move a lot quicker and do flips and, like, jump around your enemies a lot yeah. easier. So it, it can be easier to fight with He's, him. His weapon seems a lot shorter, though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, you have to get closer, and that fucking sucks. Especially if you have an airborne, um, like, what are, what are the little, like, the little dragon characters with the cupcake girls in the beginning? Like, oh, yeah. That kind of style where it's, like, partially floating in the air. It's a little more difficult. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to dig in and play with those characters a little bit and kind of see a little bit more of the, uh, the differentiation. Because mostly I played as Goemon because he's going to be the most useful mm -hmm. early on. So uh, the manual helpfully splits the game into five basic stages. So you have the town stages, which have very minimal combat aside from the occasional thief. And uh, that's where you walk around, you talk to people, you buy supplies, you can save your game, and this is where you try to figure out what you're going to do next. Uh, then there are, and, and like yeah. I said er, earlier, like this, these games are odd because usually in games, I feel like the town section is kind of just an interim between sort of the main game. Yeah. And I feel like this game, like there's so many different houses to go in, and the towns are fairly maze-like and hard to figure out where you're supposed yeah. to go and they really want you to explore yeah. that basically like the town in this game is sort of part of the game totally yeah it, it's a it's a mini dungeon yeah. in itself and like i said there's not much combat but occasionally a guy will come up and pickpocket you and you gotta whack him and take your coins back oh that guy's so annoying <laughs> oh, i hate that guy it, it, it is confusing i remember as a kid too and i wasn't sure if this would be the same as an adult but it kind of is when you go in a building, come out, you're kind of turned around when you step out of the building. Yeah. Like, I easily forget what direction I came in, especially if I'm trying to hit every door. 
Like I'll I'll forget like oh shit which which way did I was I supposed to go next to find the new door? Yeah. So you spend a, quite a bit of time like talking to people and moving around. Yeah. Um, so then after the town stages, you have journey stages, which is like the open world where you can go like to Mount Fuji and talk to people over there. Um, there are castle stages, which are basically just like Zelda dungeons that have their own self-contained mm-hmm. maps. And then the last two modes have to do with your good friend Impact. So Impact is Goemon's <laughs> oh, gigantic robot persona. And uh, well, it looks like him. It looks like him. But, but, but it's like, not him. But it's got rollerblades yeah. uh, and uh, a giant pipe. And uh, I was not prepared to meet a giant no. mech in this game. Oh, no. This part, nope, this part was, was fucking awesome. I was just that like, so frustrating. You, you walk up to, uh, you're walking up to like a mountain town and then you stop, you get a cutscene, and all of a sudden you are being beamed inside a giant robot and you get this amazing music video like where they're with actual like with actual like singing. it's in Japanese, but like yes, it's so good, and it's like getting my heart <laughs> pump. And every time I'm like, fuck yes, this is so great. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the first of these stages is the impact bomber. So this is where you're controlling impact, and you are charging through villages, and you are knocking down enemies with your pipe, and you're basically just destroying everything in your path trying to catch including the villages yeah including the villages (laughs) which is very weird but it actually your goal is to destroy as much as possible yes you are killing hundreds of people uh no mistake mistake. and then when you finally reach the end of the stage you get the large boss battle which is a first person battle uh against another large robot you have uh your fists at your disposal you've got your if you press the b button you get like a short jab a button is a longer more powerful jab the R button shoots out a chain where you can grab someone, and then if you jam on the buttons, you can drag it back in. Or you can press Z to fire your laser, but your laser eats up your money, so you have to be careful about how much you're using. Uh, I, these are hard. Yeah, I, I think they are hard. We've played a lot of games. I mean, we've played probably more games than we should where you play as big robots fighting other big robots. True. And generally, they have sucked. Like, they were in the trans. Transformers mm-hmm. game, which was terrible. They were in the Power Rangers game, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they this I think is the best of those modes by far. Like it looks really good. It really looks like you're in the cockpit mm-hmm. of um, this giant robot. The yeah. issue I have with it is your enemy takes so long to kill. So like they start long. with like two thousand oh health, God. and like your a basic attack does five damage. Yeah. And so I didn't think I didn't find this very difficult because you can actually punch the rockets that he shoots at you. And if you just kind of grab him and punch him repeatedly, you do a little more damage. Yeah. It just takes so it's long. You're tedious. like, am I doing tedious. something wrong? Yeah. yeah. It's tedious. And that's the same with all the bosses. Like even the first one. Yeah. What was this? It's like weird. And it like, Congo oh, yeah. The Congo. Yeah. It's just like a big like, head like that breathes fire at you. But it, yeah, it takes like three times longer to beat than it should. Yeah, yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. It's just I don't know why they need to drag these out so much. The other annoying thing in the large mech battles is that you can't pause. Like, yeah, I know just, that. Yeah. Don't give God. me a boss with a 2,000 point hit count and like it takes forever to beat and then don't give me a, a option to pause and walk away for a minute. Well, especially because you have such a variety of moves, which is what you want from like your giant mech game. Like there's combos and things like that, but the game doesn't tell you any of these. No. So I kept going back to like a game facts to consult the combos. But like since I couldn't pause, I just like, okay, I'm just going to memorize these combos and then start again on the next right. Life. Well, let I, me tell you, uh, it's great that we can look at that crap now, but yeah. as a kid, you didn't 
you didn't have that and like they don't warn you especially like when you first see impact and you first like go inside of him and become mm-hmm. him yeah you don't fucking know that's gonna happen no. you don't fucking know that you're about to totally change gears as a character as like a plot like you're just all of a sudden like on the rollerblades like smashing through the town you're like oh okay i guess this is sort of a test for what though and then all of a sudden you're fighting the big boss guy like no one told me. Yeah, <laughs> that this was. I happening. will. I will say that, like that moment where I got sucked into the giant robot and this anime intro played, and then I was a giant robot, is one of the few moments of like true surprise and joy that I have felt playing games for this podcast. Oh yeah, like I. I just mean like. <laughs> It's rare that like a game will totally come out of left field and do something you didn't expect at all. Yeah. And like this happened, I was like, holy shit! Like this is awesome. Yeah, because I I started yeah. playing this awesome. before I even started researching it, so I'm just like I I really didn't know what I was in for, and then it's just like holy shit, this is amazing. But yeah, it does. I feel like I did lose a little bit of my enthusiasm for it as that battle dragged on a little bit. That's that. I mean, yeah. It's a minor complaint, but uh, it was I mean, so I think it was that so long. this. This game is like a great game that's made up of a series of minor complaints. I yeah yeah <laughs> like I I don't have any big things in like the charm of this game. Like this game has more charm in its opening credit sequence than most games have in their entire length. Like it is adorable yeah, and especially and it feels for like, the N64. Oh yeah, it feels like kicking a puppy a little bit to like be harsh on it but i will say like boss battles go on too long camera is really rough the camera's rough in this game oh my god yeah i i no. struggle with and that. There, there's no method to control there's it. no method to i was screaming so much you know there is sort of a method to control it but it is not a great one and they do fix it it seems for the second one almost a little too much because now you can't really change your perspective in any no. way but yeah that first one like you have to just keep turning and waiting that's oh, what i noticed you'll like, turn and yeah. wait you turn and you wait but if there's one of those characters that's spitting the iron balls out of their mouths, then you're fucked because the camera hasn't turned enough for you to tell they're there. Right. Or even if you know they're there, you, you're you just blindly going into it, especially if you're trying to, like, jump over something and not yeah, fall. So like, it's just, it takes so long. I was screaming a you, lot. You I was screaming. You <laughs> can manipulate the camera a little bit if you hold the R button and then press the C buttons. But it's not okay. super huh. effective. It's kind of janky, and it'll it'll take you farther than you need it to go, or it'll get caught up in a wall sometimes. So yeah, basically you do just need to kind of stop and wait for it to recenter, and that that can get a little frustrating, especially in enemy heavy worlds. Uh, there was a section where I was trying to climb up a staircase to like get to a shrine and to throw money to the gods and like rocks were coming down this staircase, but I couldn't change the camera to actually look up at them. So I was just kind of blinding, blindingly running up the staircase being like, well, I hope I don't get run over by a rock. And the other, the other other nitpicky thing I'll say is that I don't think this game does a very good job of telling you what you need to do. Uh, what about Mr. Plan? Well, yes. Plasma! But I mean, it takes a while to find Mr. Plasma or like know that he's even there. And that was the only time I felt a cultural disconnect was like when you're in the towns and you need to find the inn to save your game, but you can't read kanji. Like, so I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know which one in the inn is. And it's not like, yeah, it's not like it's consistently going to be one color. Sometimes it'll be blue. Sometimes it'll be red. So like, you just have to kind of wander around. But again, there's there's a lot of. Dude, I'll back you up on that because I I took I mean I'm very rusty now, but I took Japanese in college for what like four out of the six classes, and 
I could read maybe 200, 300 kanji okay. at that time. And like, I still, I still couldn't quite tell what was what, because there's so much like inaccessible things and yeah. so many like duplicates that there you can't, you just have to keep going in every Yeah. One. Yeah. I mean, I think generally this is not a very good looking game. Like I think that the character models look great. Most of that comes from like them just being really well designed. Yeah. The yeah. environment does not look good. Like they are very blurry, and especially when you get out into this field or the forest, yeah. it's just kind of a flat wall of green. A little bit. And it's yeah. very hard yeah. to see exits. And then you're like, what can I jump on? And what is like, what am I going to slide down? Like, I don't yeah. fucking know. But did you ever do the thing, like, say on Mount Fuji, where you're at like the top of a peak on yes. the where you go inside, where you just like turn around and you let the camera pan? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yeah. When I was really impressed, there's a section, yeah, where you have to climb up this mountain. And I'm like, okay, if I fall here, will I just go into a pit? Or, But actually, if you fall, you actually go all the way down to the bottom, meaning it's all in one screen. Yeah. Like, it's all loaded together, which is pretty amazing because it's a very big environment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they definitely take a little bit from Mario 64 in those sections. Like, that's what it felt like to me with the big, <laughs> like, rotating platforms and stuff like that. Uh and and yeah, like that's the thing. They, they, it's it's a rough camera. Like the vis the background visuals don't always look great. There are some frustrating bits, but there is just really something magical about this game. Like there really, really is. I don't know what to. I don't really know how to describe it. I think it's just you get caught up in the spirit of it, and you're well. You never you never know what's going to happen next. Like it's just so bizarre, and like the aesthetic is so unique. Yeah. Um, that you're just like, there's a section where somebody gives you a weapon called the Achilles heel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it switches to a weird different mini game where you have to combine it to like throw this log at this guy who's blocking this bridge. <laughs> and, then, and then as soon as you leave, you're like, oh, now this guy who turns into a dragon is running wild and kidnapping dancing children. Oh. <laughs> and it, it well, is sure. just let's, very let's weird. Into that one. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it, it's just great. You're, you never really know what to expect and you never really know what's coming up next and that's just not something you see very often especially in classic games like this you know they're all following a very specific template i do want to give a special shout out to the music we have we talked about it a little bit mm -hmm. but yes oh my god the music in this game is fantastic even when it's, it's looping so very like it's such an earworm uh, so they kind of like they blend modern like pop beats with traditional japanese instruments and it just sounds awesome but I was really not expecting when you boot up the game to get like a full, like actual full voice OP segment, like of of just music and the introducing all the characters and you get like little bouncing ball lyrics on the bottom and it's just it gets you pepped up and ready to play this game. It's so fun. I mean, it definitely I feels like tried. the intro to like a in anime, yeah, yeah. which is just yeah. very impressive to see on the N64. Definitely. That's why it's so surprising that like, the any anime or manga that came was after this game because usually it's like you're hyped up because you grew up like as a Japanese child I guess you grew up with the manga anime and then they finally made this great game series and so you're already attached and so they know you're gonna buy it and they know you're gonna spend the money on all the stuff but no like anything anything pop culture came after they started making the yeah. games yeah and I still like even though this game has haunted me my whole fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> and still apparently has the same fucking problems. Like hearing that song, that intro song again, when I first turned it on to start doing like homework for this, I, I thought I was going to cry. Because <laughs> 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 there was just like, oh, I remember this feeling. I remember this feeling like 
making sure another kid didn't fucking rent it from Bradley and like I could keep it another week since I can't fucking save the game. I can like Oh, did you have no hours. memory card? I do. You know what? I even a few years ago bought a controller pack on eBay that was confirmed to work, still didn't work. So yesterday I bought another one and when that comes in the mail, I'm going to fucking test it and I'm going to keep playing yes, this game. Like, yes. <laughs> You're going to be this game. You can do it. I believe I you. don't think for this game being like an adventure game, I don't think it's that long of a game. Like I saw a playthrough for it and it said it was about that playthrough was like five or six hours. Okay. So. Yeah. So you yeah. Can blaze through yeah it's like a little over five. Yeah. Especially if you really know what you're doing, I imagine like you can you can go through the conversations much quicker. Um, all right, we got to move on to our next game. We have one more to talk about because lucky us, Nintendo 64 gets two Goemon games in the same year, yeah, no less, is... six months apart. Well, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, Very wow. weirdly, like the system with the most Goemon games in the U.S. Yeah, yeah strangely. So yeah. Goemon's Great Adventure. This was released December 23rd, 1998. It's the same uh, makers as before, and it's also a Nintendo 64 exclusive. Over in Europe, this is known as Mystical Ninja 2 starring Goemon, uh, which seems clumsy to me. I don't know. I feel like maybe I would call it Mystical Ninja starring Goemon 2. I don't know. Or just Mystical Ninja 2. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know the, I don't know the syntax. <laughs> I'm only a copy editor. Well, miss the, the legend of the Mystical Ninja was already on Super Nintendo. Oh, by the way, shout out. Maybe so it have just to be... be like, hey, guess what? More Mystical Ninja for you. You're welcome. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Great title. Hey, guess what? More <laughs> Mystical Ninja for you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Put that on the box. <laughs> Uh, all right, so with this game... Wait, well, you were going to do a shout-out? Oh, yeah, sorry. It, it, it reminded me, like, I, when I was looking up the Super NES version, like, it has some of the best misleading cover art of any of uh, of the Super NES games. Up there with Phalanx, it's, like, a character that looks kind of Native American, like, riding a tiger, and it's, like, all this really... <laughs> it, it looks almost like Ninja Turtles art in some way. I don't know. It, it just does not look like Goemon or, like, anything like the sprites in the game. So I love good misleading cover art. Um, all right, the plot of this game. This game opens up with Goemon and Ibisumaru going to visit the old wise man, who is a recurring uh, character from... I, th I think I read that he appears in every game in the series. Uh, and he yeah. claims to have some incredible... His news. name is literally Wise Man. Yeah, wise yeah man. old wise yeah. man. Yeah. One word, one word. <laughs> uh, so upon arriving, the old wise man unveils his latest invention, which is a machine that can bring people back to life. That's kind <laughs> of a big deal. Uh, things go wrong during the demonstration, however, because the machine resurrects Abisumaru's ancestor, Bisimaru, who steals the machine <laughs> so she can build an evil army of the dead. And yes, this this character looks exactly like Abisumaru, but it is like meant to coded as a beautiful woman. And they look exactly and like the same. white hair or something. Yeah, but like... he even has the mustache. It's it's adorable. Like it just looks exactly like Abisumaru, and it still has Abisumaru's uh, overwhelming self confidence. So you gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, once again, you can play as Goemon, Ibisumaru, Sasuke, or Ye, and you can explore the stages. Uh, Goemon is the fastest and can jump the highest, and he also has the ability to throw coins. And uh, Ibisumaru is stronger and slower, and he has a ceremonial paddle, and he can fart on you. Uh, he's got a charged up yeah. defense attack. Suzuki is very small and fast, and he has the ability to use his hair as a weapon, which was super fun when I discovered that. He just, like, uppercuts with his hair. And then uh, Yai yeah, has brutal. a kick-ass katana and a bazooka, and apparently later in the game, she can turn into a mermaid to go underwater. What? Pretty great. What? Uh, so unlike the predecessor, Goemon's Great Adventure is a 2.5D side-scrolling action platformer, which is kind of more in keeping with what the series has traditionally always been. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the Klonoa games, if you guys are familiar with those. Like, uh, 
Yeah, because yeah. it, it's it's all 2D, but like it has some depth to it, and sometimes the tracks will kind of wind around on a 3D plane and everything. So, but you you really yeah. only need to worry about those two dimensions. Um, it's, it was really odd. This is a really odd collection of two games for the N64 yeah. because they have such a similar tone and like the world that they take place in is the same. It's almost like they're like different versions of the same game. I wrote the same thing because it's like they'll a, get the first. Yeah, it's like a remix. It's like it's like you're taking the same elements from Mystical Ninja and then just kind of reworking them into a totally different style of game. It yeah, feels like they exactly. listen to some sort of message boards or something like, oh, you wanted some more straight up action. Here you go. But then you can still get to the town and you can still fuck around and like talk to the dogs. Yeah, totally. Chuppy. Chuppy is still there. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, that's the thing. Like this one still has the same kind of five stage uh, uh, makeup. You know, you have the road stages where you're like fighting enemies. You have the town stages where you get more information and buy items. There are gate stages that you need to buy or earn entry passes to get through castle stages. And that was bullshit. Like, I got to the gate stage, and they're like, you need five entry passes to get here. And it's like, that's not how an entry pass works. Like, you you go to another country, and they're like, oh, you need three passports to get in. (laughs) And it's like, well, have one. It says I can buy All right, take this form and fill it um, out. Then go fight the dragon down in the concourse, and then he'll give you your second passport, and then come back here, and I'll give you the third. You know what? Maybe that's the real reason why the feudal system didn't work. Mm. Too many passes. It It has nothing to do with warlords (laughs) and, like, you know, landowning. And it had nothing to do with any of that. It was just about how difficult it was to travel. They couldn't get it together. How many passes do we need? Yeah, that was a little bit of bullshit. Like, uh, I I didn't get very far in this game, but there are apparently impact stages that you can uh, do later on with more robot battles. Um, But I don't know what they look like in this one. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Because these, you know, because I got time, I got to think about something. (laughs) And I was, it took me a long time to figure out which of these games I preferred. Because these both these games are very good. Um, And I think that this one, the second one, is better in almost every way. But I like it less. Um, I, yeah. I think it looks, it looks way better, for one. Like, the environments look way better since they went to 2D. It's not like you can actually see sort of what the backgrounds are. All the characters all still look yeah. great, but look even yeah. greater. They did a lot of troubleshooting um, of the issues that they had in the first game, mm-hmm. for sure. It's, it's very obvious. You, I mean, it's mostly pretty obvious to tell where you need to go. It's not just, like, Donkey Kong Country level of straightforwardness. Because, like, if you just beat all the levels, you'll get to the pa- um, the gate, and they're like, you need five passes, and you only get one for having beaten the two levels. So you have to go back to the town, and then people will give you little missions that you have to, like, revisit the levels. Like, the first one you get, you revisit a level and collect, like, a DJ's headphones, microphone, and L- LP. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's crazy, because this is the first level, and, like, you get a pretty strict time limit to find three hidden objects and, like, not die, and it's pretty hard. Like, this is sort of, I think, the recurring problem with this game is this game is too hard. It is. is. (laughs) And And I don't like time limits. I really, it it really bugs me. I I know that a lot of people love it, but in games... I, I like to, like, fuck around and see... Oh, I'm going to take issue with you, Blair. I have never met someone who's been like, 
I love time limits in games. I'm all about those. I think that some people like cause... to test themselves and like, no, no, no. Oh, I sure. like to see like what is all the weird crap that I can touch that like you wouldn't normally think to touch right. or like. Well, and I think that's the. And stuff. Like I want to do that. I want to do that and take my time. It's frustrating. Yeah. And I think that's the issue with this game that's holding it back is like the core platforming here is really good and like responsive and the levels are well designed. But to sort of advance, to actually get through it, you have to go do these challenges that are way harder than they should be and replaying levels you've already played. And it's like that stuff should be extra. You should just be able to play through this game in a totally straightforward way. And if you want to go get like extra passes, you know, to unlock some bonus later, you know, great, you can replay those levels. But to make that like an essential part of advancement in this game is frustrating. Yeah. the yeah. other thing I'll say about the gameplay real quick is your character does not jump far enough. No. no. There was so, so many times I was just trying to make a standard jump and then I just fell in Oh, the God. Every time and I came like, to one of those. Very yeah, every time I came to one of those water wheels, like those always threw me <laughs> off. Like, yeah. I didn't know how to walk on them properly or get across them properly. Yeah. And it just always felt like just a little bit off. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I. So you're, you're going to die a lot. Like, you have. Like three hits before you die, you only get two lives, and so you're going to be seeing that continue screen a lot. But luckily, it is the greatest continue screen of all time. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, it's actually in the oh first game God. too. Is a comparable? Oh, is there? Screen. Oh, see, I never got a horny alert. Yeah, we just didn't we didn't die in that game <laughs> because that first game is so much easier. But yeah, this can. Yeah, just paint us a, pic- a word picture of this continuous screen. Yes, well, yeah, but I, I think I think Blair put it well. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, this game is capital H horny, and uh, I think we <laughs> the continuous screen really emphasizes this because the first thing you see is just but like... It, but it's not in the game, so it comes out of nowhere in this continuous screen. A little screen. bit, a little bit, but... Hello, it, it's got to be someone, uh, somebody in Plasma's crew, for mm. sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's definitely rolling with Plasma. But yeah, you basically, you get a, a very muscular man in a speedo doing poses um, just out of nowhere while you're deciding whether to uh, try again or quit. In the meantime, you get this techno-thumping beat like made up of a woman's moans uh, in the background (laughs) of this child's video game. Uh, And when you press continue and decide to keep going, two more muscle men drop from the sky uh, to be background while your main muscle man starts doing the hula hoop and like pelvic thrusting everywhere. It's crazy. It's out of nowhere, and it's the greatest thing in the world. I love that. <laughs> it was like, and when you finally choose a thing, very ahead of its time, Muscle Man does like a modern drag queen style death drop. Oh yeah! And then you continue like, hello, okay, I will continue to play. <laughs> I shall not sashay oh, away. I am going to sashay <laughs> towards this game. Uh, yeah, it's forever and ever and ever. I, I love that. So, I mean, it, it definitely takes some of the sting out of your constant deaths uh, because you're going to be seeing <laughs> constant, constant, constant. Like the first game, you could just keep expanding your life. Like you could keep collecting silver cat fortunes yeah. and keep expanding your heart levels. But in this one, it's like, no, 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 no. You're very restricted and you will constantly fail and have to start back a few pegs. It's very frustrating in that sense. Yeah, Until you, only you see get Muscle Man. Three health. Yeah, yeah. Just three health. And that like it's very easy to mistime a swing and like the enemy will be too close for you to hit it and everything like that. So it gets it Ugh, takes some getting God. used to. 
This game also has an interesting like uh, mechanic similar to uh, Simon's Quest, where they're doing like a day-night cycle, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know why this was here, but like you're playing in the daytime, and then if you play for like it's, I think it's like every five minutes or something like that, the the world cycles around, and when it becomes nighttime, all of these like tougher demons come out, like they replace the other enemies. And it's now much harder to make your way through the game. So it's just like every five minutes, the game will change difficulty on you. And uh, But you get more coins. You get more coins. Or Rio, excuse me. You get more Rio. And I, I wish I could remember details better. But, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of characters from Japanese folklore, like the, the ghosts and death characters yeah. that have been used throughout time to, like, either tell different stories or relay like what it is, what it means to die and be dead. Like these are all almost all that I recognize, at least <laughs> real characters that exist. And they're just like incorporating in this game. It's so cool. Oh, and when you, when you die and are dead, you go into a homoerotic techno club. I mean, and that's all we've ever wanted. Really. If, if yeah. you lived a good life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I do love that like when you beat a level a giant tanuki statue falls from the ceiling and you have to break it open and take your treasure out of it so yeah. like yeah very, Hell yeah. yeah yeah it's great um you know when I was a kid I I know it's real but when I was a kid I thought it was rye because they look like they look like little golden like oats. Oh, like little seeds of some kind. <laughs> yeah, just throwing rye. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, okay, like rye, sure. Why yeah. not? I guess it's just gold rye. Like that seems like a thing that could be currency back in the day. You know, industrial revolution hadn't happened sure. yet. Like <laughs> I'm ten. <laughs> I, don't I know really like. I really like the mechanic of these games of throwing money. Yeah. Like I think yeah. that that works yeah. really well because it's like you're having a projectile is more useful. And it's good to have access to it all the time, but it gives you a tiny bit of like disincentive to just spam exactly. it. Exactly. I think it's a good balance. Yeah, I think it's really well done. Yeah, it's, it's a nice risk and reward system because sometimes you'll throw your coin and you can pick it back up. Like you can kill somebody and they'll drop a coin and then it's like, all right, net, net gain. But uh, yeah, but you can lose your coins as well. But yeah, you'll never, it's not hard to find coins in these games. Like you won't be, you won't be hard not at for all. them. And you, there is a. You learn how to have. I don't know, like more, what would you call it? Like you learn to have more critical thinking in how you are using your weaponry for that reason. Like you are kind of learning the value of a, of a, a Rio, learning the value of a dollar. Teaching the value of a dollar. But also like the ch if you're saying in the first game, like using the chain pipe, like oh, I want to shoot that stupid cupcake girl that has the little box with that the little iron ball that flies at you. I'll use a chain pipe because I don't have to be close, but it takes more time for it to come back to you. So then you're more susceptible to other attacks. And like, you're really not even realizing that you're using this really quick level of critical thinking as you're just like going through. Level. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I did find uh, some of the same issues were here that were in mystical ninja. Like I did have trouble figuring out what I was supposed to be doing. And in these yeah. in these talent <laughs> stages, you kind of just have to wander around and literally just talk to everybody. So, like, the way to progress uh, at one point was, like, you need to find a chain pipe. And the only way to do that is to talk to a villager who needs it. He, he needs some treasure. But first, you need to find this villager. Uh, so I found him in a back alley in a tiny little house. Uh, and then it was uh, a cross-dressing man uh, covering his face with a fan. And he had a poster like a, a Titanic poster that he'd drawn Goemon into. Uh, that's yeah. actually 
Goemon's house. Oh, is that Goemon's house? Oh, okay. Like that's your yeah, own house. Yeah. house. Oh, that's weirder. He had he painted himself into a Titanic poster. I love that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you have to find this guy and you have to give him a hundred coins and then he gives you the chain pipe and then you can leave. But like, it's not immediately clear, and uh, and that doesn't even do it too because then you have to still go find Sasuke in the village and like talk to him and trigger a bunch of stuff. So it's it's not as clear cut as most games of this type are. I also found that some of the mechanics just didn't really work very well, specifically the pole swinging. Uh, there's a there's oh. a little bit right in the very first level where you need to jump on these. It's like these three kind of like gymnast beams, and you need to jump up, swing around, and then leap up and catch it like you've done in a million platformer games before. Yeah. And this time, I just could not get the hang of it. Like, I, you have to no. like... Oh, God. I've... I give up. I give. I just gave up on that. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something very important, but like, I'm just not. I'm just gonna take the longer route because I'm. I yell at games already when I'm playing yeah. them. But <laughs> this is to a level. It doesn't matter how much I'm drinking right now. Like, it doesn't. Matter. <laughs> yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I yelled at this one. Yeah, I, I, I also I, want to interact with the characters, even if they're gonna kill me. Like, I want to have that interaction. I don't want to jump over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know. So this, speaking yeah. of. Uh... I just want to interrupt yeah. here. Speaking of the pole swing, call back to our male stripping mm-hmm. theme. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, I, I, I eventually did figure it out. It is doesn't Let's work go. the way that you think it will. It's not based on timing at all, because I'm guessing you guys are trying to release it like on the upswing. Right. Yeah. Basically, you just need fuck? to hold you hold the joystick pointing up the direction that you want to go. Oh. You just hold it like diagonal up, and then whenever you press A, you'll fly off in that direction. Oh. Are you fucking so kidding me right now? It actually is probably simpler than trying to time it, but it is not well explained, and I certainly had my fair share of frustration, okay, too. Yeah. Well, nothing in this game is explained. Yeah. Nothing in either no, game is explained. True. You just kind of fly by the seat of your pants or underwear, depending on <laughs> which character you are at what time. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I think that's part of the charm, is that this game really does sort of encourage you to explore things on your own, but I think it works a lot better in the first game, because that game is so much easier. Yeah. Like, it's just not frustrating. Um, the other, the, one more thing about the second game here is this game does have a two-player it mode. It does, and this um, made me really sad that, like, we have to be quarantined right now and we couldn't try this out because this sounds like the two-player co-op mode we've been looking for. Like, like this sounds like a really fun experience. Well, I did, I played it some. Okay. Um, I played it some with Michaela. Um, it is... It is very difficult. As the as the regular game is difficult, um, this is even more difficult. It goes from like the Battletoads problem of it's actually probably harder if you have two people oh, yeah, yeah. because the camera is not really sure who to follow. Oh. Um, again, there's a lot of sections here where they're like collect all these power ups within six within three minutes. Um, and so the other person really needs to be following you close behind because you're at a time limit. It would be the kind of game where you're like, okay, another person who I'm friends with, we're going to commit through to beating this game. Yeah. It's not like the drop in, drop out, have fun with just whoever type of game. And I think that's that's more the style of multiplayer games that I want is one that's just drop in very simple. Yeah. Um, and this yeah. game is not that it's definitely like both of you need to commit to beating this together okay so you guys are broken up now huh oh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's what did it that's what did it yeah it's fucked up <laughs> but you can do like uh i don't know there's like a little piggyback mechanic in this right like where you can jump yeah, on one person's really shoulders yeah. and then like one person attacks and the other person walks around i mean that's adorable yeah that sounds fun to me 
But anyway, we will try this out. We're going to do the multiplayer madness episode one of these days when uh, the disease goes away. But uh, we'll we'll see about that. Um, yeah, I think that'll be fun to mess with because it's it's hard to find that. Yeah, totally. I mean, we the, we've it's been featured in a few Nintendo sixty four games, but it's never really been done quite right. So I'm I'm excited. I want to give it a shot. Uh, I've got a little bit about the future of Goemon and what happened with Goemon after this. Uh, there actually is a third Goemon game on the Nintendo 64. It's called uh, oh Goemon Mononoke Suguryoku. Uh, I'm fucking that up real bad. Uh, but it's a Mario Party style board game uh, based on an ancient form of Japanese backgammon called Suguryoku. Uh, but since most Americans are not familiar with that game, uh, it never saw localization. Uh, Goemon's Great Adventure is actually the last game in the series to be released outside of Japan. Uh, but Goemon did have a few more games after this. There were some titles on PlayStation, on Game Boy Advance, on mobile. Uh, the last official release was uh, Ganbare Go... Go. I'm going to try and say this. Ganbare Goemon Tokodaicho Oedo Tengu Rokeshi no Maki. Ah, I fucked that up. <laughs> that's not bad. Hey, and that's, you actually Oh, cool. Uh, that's for Nintendo DS, and that came out in 2005. So this franchise has been effectively dead for 15 years. But, no. but, there's hope. There's a but. Uh, last year, <laughs> Nintendo released a special Goemon skin for your Mii Fighter in Super Smash Brothers, so you can play as Goemon in Smash Brothers. They also, according to the blog Nintendo Life, uh, Nintendo filed a trademark copyright for another Goemon game. <gasps> so oh my it's God. entirely possible we're going to be seeing one in a couple of years. It's not entirely possible that we're going to be seeing it here. But there may be another <laughs> one uh, that we can import if we really want. Um, have you tried the, the the Smash Brothers? Like when you change into him, does he yell candy? I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't tried him yet. But uh, I don't think so. Usually those uh, assets don't actually change the way the character sounds. They're just like change the way. Yeah, they it's kind of like he's wearing so like. Never a, get an answer on what the fuck that is. Never. He's like yeah, a giant foam Goemon head. He's kind of like uh, Impact the Kinda, robot. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. You can make him into that. Um, I think we are about at the end of that. Do you guys have anything uh, else to say about these games before we move on to our rankings? Oh my god! I mean, just there's so much. There's so much. There's so much going on <laughs> here. It's like, take the time. Even if you have full health, like, take the time to spend the night at, at an inn and to and pick the first level, like the the top notch one, because you'll get this like nice little side sequence story mode of just, especially like choose Abyss Modern for that. And you'll get this like nice little hot tub sequence of him like, <laughs> eating eating snacks on uh, a lawn like kind of a, a loungy chair by the hot tub and like having a delightful night and like talk to the dogs. The dogs are fun to talk. It's rare in a video game you can pet or talk to a dog. I know. <laughs> um, press the Z button and crawl around because you'll either hump the floor or hump the air. Like oh, oh yeah, I love the animation. Game. Oh the inchworm. It's a of fucking crawling. Game. In the second game, you can't hump the air anymore. I think they figured it out, and like now everyone just humps the yeah. ground. But it's it's delightful just to like maybe grief a little if you can. Like it's very limited in what you can do, but like try to go outside of the quest when it's not timed yeah. and like fuck around and just just spend the spend a little extra time for yourself. Do some self care in the game. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> inchworm around on the ground for a little while until your blues go away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And buy a controller pack, god Bye. damn it. Like seriously, this is so much of my life. So much of my life. <laughs> yep, yeah. Has been spent in agony. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, y'all, let's move on to our rankings. Each week we are ranking the games that we have just played. Holy shit, we're up to 230 right now. We are getting so close to the end, it makes me sad. Um, oh my God, guys. So, uh, Blair, we can start with you, actually. You have two games on your list so far. You were here with us to play uh, Tom and Jerry in Fists of Furry and Powerpuff <laughs> Girls. Uh, and you have those listed in that order. Where would these two games go compared to those? Um, they're just not even in the same arena, <laughs> like not at all. It's it's unbelievable that these are for the same system. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how much better. And I mean, like, yeah, especially of the Powerpuff Girls one. I I still feel bad about that. But hey, we made it up to you. I think with these. No, I'm glad. I'm glad that I that you gave me that experience. I played it a couple times since oh, just to no. remind myself how far things have come and like. I'm very nearsighted also, so the polygons in N64 and any game, good or bad, is, like, kind of difficult for me uh, in general. It's a difficult system to see. That's what I realized when I was playing more Winback, is, like, a lot of N64 games kind of just make me sick. (laughs) Like, just eventually, if I look at them for, like... They started putting that warning on games now, like, don't forget to take a break every so often. They needed that game, those warnings of this during the N64 because yeah I look at these games for a while (laughs) my eyes will never go to shit what (laughs) I'll pee my pants I did it not that long I'm doing it now (laughs) I'm doing it right now especially if you're playing a fast paced game like a racing game in in the N64 or if it's a robot uh, battle where you can't pause you know I just just gotta pee yourself Uh, it's tough Woody where are these going for you ranking it's it's hard because I want oh, to separate sorry. myself. Oh, sorry. Could, sorry, I cut. I cut. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no, no, not at all. Oh no, my god. It's it's hard because I want to take my own bias out of it. Like this, these games are very special to me, and especially to be able to play them again as an adult, it's it's even better now. Like I understand more of what's going on, and I understand. Uh, I understand how to get over some of the difficulties that I maybe couldn't have as a 10, 10, 9, 10, 11 year old. But God, it's, I was thinking about that today. Like, I don't quite know how to rank them, but they are, they're in the top 10 for me. Like it's, it's probably top five. I'd say that these games are in top five for me up there with the, I have a real soft spot for Yoshi story as well. And I mean, there's ones that like you play all the time, like, Mario Kart and whatnot, but like every time I think about Mystical Ninja starring going on, like if I find somebody else that even knows what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> it really hits home. So I'd say this is close to number one. That's awesome. That's perfect. Uh, Woody, how about you? Where are you putting these? Uh, I like both these games a lot. I think they were both really good. Um, like again, the first game does have a lot of rough edges around it, um, but I found it very charming. Um, it's a cool adventure. Um, again, I had a lot of trouble deciding which of these two I liked more. I would say if you're in, if you want something that feels more N64 ish, mm-hmm. you definitely go with the first one because that d- definitely feels more of its time and more distinct to the system. Yeah. Um, I'm putting that at number thirty, okay. which is right Ooh, behind Donkey Kong '64. Okay, well, that's um, a good spot. A game, I th- yeah. Um, and the second, again, the I think that the second one is better as a platformer. Um, and it's definitely, if you're into 2D platformers, it is one to check out. But I also think it's a lot harder than it should be and not for very good reasons. 
Like, I really yeah, don't like, like having to double back to levels. And again, the jumping mechanic is just you don't jump high enough, and it's fucking annoying. It's a game that would be like, if those two things were fixed, if you could just play it straight through without having to go get more passes, and you jumped about one inch higher, I think it would be fantastic. But since those are not the case, I'm going to have to put it decently lower. Um, I'm I'm still going pretty high. um, Where was they at? Um, I'm putting it at number 69, right right behind Yoshi's Story. Okay, all right. Speaking of Yoshi's. I'm Between so Yoshi's Story and Jet Force Gemini, this is like I feel like Blair's writing fan fiction in her head. It's a it's a Yoshi and Goemon sixty nine going on. This is great. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> I, I'm having a blast over here. <laughs> um. I. Uh. Yeah. I. I loved both of these games. I really, really did. These. These really took me by surprise. Uh. They. I don't know. They just introduced me to this whole new character that I just instantly loved. It's kind of like the first moment I saw BB eight, and I'm like. You know what? You can say whatever the fuck else you want about these movies, but BB-8 is a treasure, and we all love him, and I instantly <laughs> fell in love. And that's how I felt about Goemon as well. Uh, so I'm putting these both pretty high. Uh, these are going to be my new number uh, 13. Mystical Ninja is going at 13. That's right underneath Super Smash Brothers, And wow. Goemon's Great Adventure is right under that, number 14. Um, I think these games are fantastic. I want people to track them down and check them out because uh they are they are real treats and i can't wait to keep playing them yeah yeah nice absolutely i do have one last little note you know we were talking about how this is based on a real guy ishikawa going on if you read his story there's also a poem that he wrote right before he was killed about how thieves will be forever with everything going on right now with like possible rent strikes, the way that landlords are acting, like it's very parallel to what we're dealing with now. And just, just Google Ishikawa Goemon's final poem. And it's so like, so hitting to what we're dealing with right now in the world in general. And I just highly recommend like reading that and then playing this game where it's like something very deep and heavy. And then all of a sudden you're just playing horny game. Like, it's the perfect dynamic and yeah just do the whole adventure do the whole adventure and do yourself a favor (laughs) i'm excited i'm gonna check that out i didn't know that existed um yeah you're gonna love it all right we have a couple of quick letters uh just sorry to sorry to keep uh keep you on the line so long blair but you know we got letters we got letters we got to read hey i got nothing going on other than playing this game yes (laughs) all right our first letter here starts hi Stephen woody hello uh i'm boris from springfield missouri I'm a longtime listener and fan of the podcast. <laughs> okay, wait, I, I, I like that intro a lot. Like, oh yeah, yeah. okay, we, 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 we've all heard about him, and now we're finally getting a chance to meet him in person, <laughs> or, you know, through email. Uh, he says, uh, I'm a longtime uh, listener and fan of the podcast, and I'm currently trying to finish every episode while playing through some PS2 games. I think he's missing the spirit, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I hope... He's doing this he's on purpose. playing Pac-Man. through Winback on PS2. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys are doing well during these troubling times. In regards to Winback Covert Operations, I sent a tweet back to Steve in January, and I wasn't sure if you had seen it. I have not seen this. Uh, I share much of the same sentiment uh, I had before when I played this game the first time. Uh, I wanted to like Winback more than I did, especially since Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games, and Winback was an influential stepping point for the cover shooter genre. However, the controls felt clunky at times, leading me to walk straight into lasers and gunfire. 
The environments were bland yeah. and lifeless, sometimes being repeated in certain yep. levels. The story and music were uninteresting, and it lasted for too long. I would, I would yep. like to mention that I did finish it and got the good ending as well. The final boss nice. was extremely difficult and annoying, and it also took me a few nights to defeat him, which isn't something I can say about a lot of games. Overall, though, I'm glad I played it, and I'm glad you two shared a few of the sentiments. Uh, my question for this week is related to the Wii U. I remember one of you saying <laughs> that you have a complete Wii U collection, and I was wondering if you guys would do a podcast covering the Wii U's library after finishing Ultra 64. The Wii U is a console that I've enjoyed in the past, but sadly I think Nintendo messed up when it came to marketing the console, and I also haven't gotten a chance to play many of the games on it. I would love to see you two cover the games on there. Thank you for reading my letter, and I hope you have you two and any potential guests uh, have a great day. Stay safe, and that's from Aww. Boris Kelly. Thanks, Thank Boris. That's very sweet. That's a great yeah, letter. Yeah, it's very nice of you. Um, we've we've actually been we've gotten a couple questions about the Wii U thing lately because I do have an almost complete Wii U collection, which isn't really an accomplishment because they're just kind of all on bargain basement right now. I'm just kind of <laughs> I just kind of struck when the when the moment was right. Um, I'm gonna say like I want to hear from y'all like if if you would because yeah. I think that's that's been our big hang up on that is that like. Does the Wii U have enough cachet to listen to? Uh, but I also think it would be interesting to dive into it because I love I love an underdog. Um, and or I, I'm going to expand this a little bit, yeah. Steve. Um, you know, we we've played a lot of games for the N64. Eventually, we're going to get through them. It's still a ways yeah. off. But uh, write in if you have like you know we like to talk about video games. Yeah. Write in if you have some kind of like video game podcast that you've been dying to yeah. hear. Or something that you think is a niche that needs to be filled. Maybe you want a Wii U podcast. Maybe you want a podcast only about Demon's Crest. Exactly. And every week we play Demon's Crest again. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how long that goes on for, but whatever weird video game podcast you think needs to be out there, we are open to learning about definitely. it. And maybe, maybe that'll be the thing that we do next. Yeah, I, I think you guys better not stop. No matter what, like, you can't end. I was thinking about that today that I know you are almost through the library, but. You can't stop making podcasts. I mean, right? it's, it's something that we haven't really talked about, but I think we're kind of both on the same page. Like, I, I kind of want to keep doing it. I, I really enjoy doing this show and like uh, uh, talking about video games every week. I don't know. So I'd be happy to keep going. But like, I want, yeah, I definitely want to hear from listeners. Uh, uh, what I think that, do. you know, you and I, Steve, we need to have like a nice private heart to heart. Oh, yeah. But I think that, uh, we, we, yeah, please, please, listeners, like, we, we really, a lot of it depends on like what people would be interested in hearing. Cause like that goes a long way towards making it fulfilling for yeah, us. Yeah, like yeah. getting feedback and letters from listeners is really great. And so like if there, again, if there is something specific that you want to know about, um, especially if it involves light guns, rock band peripherals or Contra, yes. um, all about those. Things. Yeah. Then, then let us, let us know. Those, those I can, I do. can do a whole amiibo show if you want. I'll do it. I don't care. I don't care. I'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. We have a, what a delightful threat. <laughs> we have two more, two more letters here. Every, every, every episode of the podcast is about a different amiibo. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to suspend things so that the wrestling games episode is no longer our longest episode. <laughs> Mystical Ninja. Mystical <laughs> ninja. Hey, we're beating it, I think, because uh, we have two more letters to oh, read here, okay. too. Uh, this next letter starts, hey, Steve and Woody, uh, just wanted to drop Hello. you a note to let you know how much I've enjoyed the podcast. In these current days of the living hellscape yep. that is known as everyday life, I found a brief nostalgia-filled <laughs> refuge in your podcast. Keep up the good work and thank you. And that is from Chris Quick. And I, I thought, Woody, you might appreciate Thanks, how short Quick. that letter was. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, Chris. Quick with your short, Aww. quick letter. Yeah, love it. No, that's that's very nice. I feel like there was maybe like the first month of the hellscape that we're living in. It was like paradise yeah. for me. Like I was, I was killing it. And then we started hitting these weeks, and I'm like, oh, this is still going on. Huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's a long time to not quite have anything to do yeah yeah even though it's fun not to have anything to do i can only play n64 games so long before i start you know feeling yeah sick. yeah or, or just going a little stir crazy yeah understandable yeah um all right we have one well, fuck you guys i don't have that problem right now i would like a little bit of that please. <laughs> working like three jobs right now which i'm very grateful for but i'm like trying to get in a little bit of animal crossing little n64 and it's just never happened oh my god you got to hit up my island i got i got so much fruit i will hook you up <laughs> you send me your friend Kobe. all right i'm doing it all right uh one last letter here <laughs> hey guys i was recently listening to your power rangers Lightspeed rescue episode and was delighted to hear my brother writing in and getting all defensive about turok 2 of all things uh <laughs> are there any games i remember that yeah letter. That, that was from man make hat on instagram um, are there any games that either of you still defend, even when you know deep down that they're not that great? To go slightly outside the Ooh. podcast scope, mine would be the Obi-Wan game for Xbox that I played obsessively as a teen. To this day, it shows up in worst Star Wars games of all time lists. I get briefly indignant before sighing sadly and saying, well, yeah, but I liked it. Stay safe <laughs> and keep up the great work. And that is from Ben Sterling. Thank you, Ben. That's a good question. Um, I yeah. think for me, you have one? Yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah, yeah. If you have one, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to. All right. Um, this is the first one. I really like the Dead to Rights game. Oh yeah. Um, or they were uh, Dead to Rights two, especially, which is one of the laziest games ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, it's just you go from one level to another and just mow dudes down, and the whole game is about three hours long. But like, it's just like a so brainless, and there's so much like bullet time slowdown and. It's, I just find it very satisfying as far as games go. And it's like, you know how in Goemon, sometimes we got confused about where to go next? You never have that problem in Dead to Rights. No. <laughs> They're just like, oh, go where the dudes are shooting you and you shoot them exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah, I like the, I like, all, I like uh, all the Dead to Rights games. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I'm thinking like uh, the, the X-Men game for the Genesis uh i think is kind of a oh yeah like, like it's kind of a boring game like it's not and it's too difficult and it's just kind of repetitive but man as a little kid who was obsessed with x-men it was like everything i wanted and so i've played it so many times like i'm very good at that original xbox sega genesis uh x-men did game you game. ever play the super nintendo one x-men mutant apocalypse no i never did what that game, that game looks really good. Like I think that game's pretty good. I think you should try okay. that game when you get a Ooh, chance. Okay, I'm gonna, the game's I'm gonna cool. Track that one down. Is it easy to find? Because I have I have that system still. I bet that one's probably most um, licensed games are pretty easy to find on Super NES, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to get that one too. I mean, huh. Blair, do you have one of these? I didn't. I didn't prep you for this. Or I'm asking oh, off the cuff, but. I feel like I'm forgetting like a very obvious one because I, I remember there being a couple like it was either SNES or N64 games that like people would laugh at me for playing because they were either boring or fucked up. But I can't think of them right now. I do remember when I had Game Boy, when I first got Game Boy Color, the clear purple one, of, of course. course, that I was playing a lot of Harvest Moon for a second because it was one of the only games that 
I didn't know at the time because I was a kid, but I've had lifelong issues with anxiety and depression. Mm. And uh, as a kid, like that was one of the only things that was kind of like soothing. And so people would make fun of me for playing that. And like, yes, I also was playing Pokemon Red, like leave me alone. But sometimes like you needed that sort of a fix. It was the only thing that would bring me down. And now we all love Animal Crossing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anybody, fuck you guys. it's like it's like your mom used to say. Anybody who makes fun of you for playing Harvest Moon really isn't your friend. Exactly. My mom says well, that. I didn't to me have all the time. a lot of friends, yeah. so it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been an absolute goddamn delight, Blair. Thank you so much for coming back and talking about Going Mom with us. I had so much fun. Uh, oh, thank you so much for bringing me on for this one. This really is just a full circle in my life. Oh my right god! Now. So, so great to have you. Where where can people find you? I know you just started doing some Twitch streaming. Are you still doing robot chicken stuff? What's going on in your life? Man, there's a lot. Like I, I I'm very grateful to have a lot happening during this quarantine time. Like if I had any, if I were in my normal schedule and still doing all this shit, I don't think I could do it. Uh, but I. I'm testing out Twitch still, so it's it's still a little jankety, but on Twitch, <laughs> I am um, at skeleton underscore blood, and I'm doing live stream drawing sessions, also oh, cool. doing music stuff, like you can, anyone can pick any songs they want, and I'll, I'll kind of DJ, but like bring everyone in, and everyone can kind of communally decide what they listen to, and we've all been learning a lot about each other's tastes, uh, while also doing some sort of drawing session, Um we do have BugCon coming up, so for those of you that are listening that know what I'm talking about, you know it's coming up next month. If you want to know what that is, you can follow me on Twitter, which I'm not going to get wrong this time. It's skeleton, <laughs> skeleton underscore blood underscore, and spider out from there. Join our family. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Mandalorian underscore armoire or skeleton blood underscore art, but I just haven't updated that in like a year. <laughs> Uh, there's just too much. There's too much. This social media shit. Remember when it was just one thing? I just I can't juggle I, it all. I used to know? just hand people my Doing business my pog and move on, you know. But now <laughs> I can't do that. Oh, yeah. business uh, pog. It, do you have any left? Uh, probably somewhere. I, I'll try and find my eight ball slammer and dig them out for you. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Oh my God. Let me know. I will pay double shipping on that one. <laughs> well, oh well, thank you so so much for being on. Uh, what do you have a plug as well for something that we've got coming up? Oh. Yes. Um, please join us, listeners, if you've made it this far and haven't gotten distracted playing these great Goemon games. Um, <laughs> Goemon to Steve, the Ultra 64 <laughs> Facebook or Twitter next Friday. That's May 22nd. Um, we'll be posting a link there at s- around 6 p.m. for a Netflix party. And what? Steve and I, and hopefully listeners and people who are enthusiastic about video games will watch the movie Mortal Kombat with us. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm gonna be yes. there. Yes, awesome. Excellent. So will be there. So you'll there'll be at least three people there. And so come <laughs> join, make it four. Um yeah, that's gonna be at six o'clock Pacific time on um friday may 22nd again that link will go up on the twitter and facebook just a few minutes before yes, that keep keep an eye on that spot it's at ultra 64 podcast pretty simple uh you can also find our patreon ultra 64 pod uh that's just just a bunch of stuff going up over there it's great we just yeah we just played uh mother 3. yeah speaking i mean like speaking of games that are kind of 
So that's kind of a big game on there. So if you want to hear what we thought about Mother 3 and just sort of the weird history of its development on the N64 and how it ended up on the Game Boy Advance, you can get that at our you Patreon. You can. All right, I'm going to let people go. Tune in next week when we are going to be talking about a game called Body Harvest. Uh, very uh, influential early open world game that I have never played a single second of, so I'm excited to dig into right that in. Right in, right in, and, and tell us what Body Harvest is about because we have no idea. I think make make some random guess. I, I think it's going to take the <laughs> plot from the movie Motel Hell, uh, where they're they're harvesting okay. people in their garden. Um, so, but we'll find out. We'll find out. All right, everybody, uh, get get out of here. Go go, Iman away. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Gun buddy, gun buddy, hey gun. Gun buddy.